Another Realm Media, exploring the unknown, where mystery meets reality. Are you fascinated by the unexplained? Do you love delving into the mysteries of the paranormal or how we respond to media that pushes us to the limit of our understanding? Do you love to dive headfirst into the exploration of the human psyche with meditations or channeled messages from beyond? Join our podcast network, Another Realm Media, and explore the unknown with us. From ghosts to aliens, cryptids to conspiracy theories, horror to sci-fi, we've got it all. Don't miss out on the excitement. Join us today and unlock the secrets of the universe. Email us at contact at anotherrealmmedia.com. Welcome back, everybody, to another fantastic episode of Astral Stew. Today, we don't have Stefan, but we actually Again. have a stew. Oh, shit. This is the first stew on the stew. Oh, God. I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> What's, you, and yet you came in. Yeah. I, was, I, was I know, right? I was prepared. <laughs> you, you could dish it to us. Is it? No? Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, uh, cat. Can't keep up with you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, it's been a good couple weeks uh, since we last did an episode, uh, three weeks or so. And um, it's been living life. And uh, Stefan, of course, is now a father. And uh, one could argue he was a father before she was born, but let's not get into those semantics. <laughs> and um, yeah. unless yeah. it has, involves alien, an alien, right? Anything, right? I mean, aren't we all just hybrids? So, yeah. Anyways, um, so in in lieu of Stefan, we have Stu. In lieu <laughs> Stu and of Stefan, we have Stu. Yeah. So, um, go milk yeah. that one for all it's worth. Yeah. Well. I, I mean, I'm I'm a product of justifiably so. Justifiably so. I'm a product of dairy farmers, so I have to milk it. Uh, oh man, is that how it's going to be tonight? Is that the opening <laughs> ball? Is that really, how, is that really how you want to approach this? It's, okay. it's been a long okay. week. It's been a long week. So, mm. I didn't know whether I was going to have my own screen or not, or just pop over one of his shoulders like a muppet and just make a random commentary. And oh. now I really don't know what to make of it. Sock puppet <laughs> commentary. So in Always honor exactly. of it. yes, in, in honor of Toby, <laughs> I'm gonna say in honor of Toby. Oh, hold on to Tobes. I've been doing it without. <laughs> when, when in Rome, or when in Josh's living room. So, anyways, when in Josh's living room, pinky out. Yeah. Um. So, I have two things that I've been thinking about uh, for discussion on the the stew. <laughs> Um, and I'll start with the first one. Do all animals 
big and small, have chakras. Mm. Depends on which depends on which school. Because there are different schools of thought. So we can't just say that one thing is correct for all of yoga or the branches that it has nowadays. And I, and I, the reason I got to thinking about it is uh, I was watching this thing about exercises you can do. I think Stefan or you might have shared it on our messenger chat about like massaging your forehead or whatever to open your third eye. And it really got me thinking about cats and dogs, how they can see things that the rest of us don't see. Sometimes the spirit realm and stuff. Do they have a third eye? Is their third eye always open? Well, then that got me thinking, you know, do they actually have chakras and can their chakras get blocked? Like, would there be mechanisms to unblock their chakras? First, I would say anything that can be imagined exists somewhere. Multiverse theory. Bam. Yeah. Um, but just for me to jump all over this one, sorry, Stuart, I'm just like, oh, uh, um, and also not the the end voice on this. Uh, it, it's it's popular thought that they have some, but they are not as advanced as our systems are. Uh, and that there's a, a funny little axiom that comes along working with like the, uh, the heart chakra. Uh, they talk about that being the midpoint. So that's the human one. Mm -hmm. All the others are, are still are ties to our animalistic self. And that once you hit that one and start working on those things, then you're really working on what it's like to be a human. So in that regard, they would, in that hierarchy, they would fit together. And do you think that there are other chakras that are only applicable to non-human? Certain systems. Oh, ooh. Oh, that's a great fucking question. Oh my God, dude. Hey, bravo for you. Because <laughs> yeah, would, would their psychoenergetic like systems uh, differ? from ours yeah serious question, question. they're so not allowed here oh <laughs> um, no go not ahead serious question but so you're, you're talking about different systems and whatnot most animals have mammal or otherwise okay if it's a bird it's got your the arms or the wings it's still got the two legs mammals of course four legs we you know, evolutionary speaking, we were on all four and then became Homo erectus and so on, became bipedal. Would the chakras be the same on, say, an octopus? A Neanderthal? Oh, oh, an octopus. I thought you were going through the an different octopus. species of humanity. Would they be different? But no, I mean, a completely different species. Octopodes um, are supposed to Octopi, be interstellar. Yeah. Podes, I believe, or podes is the really correct one, but you can do the others. I mean, I, I think, I, I think octopuses or octopodes, as as Santosh just correctly, mm -hmm. uh, I think they might actually be interdimensional. I think that's what I was going to say. Intergalactic travelers. They are unlike anything else on this planet, which is one of the reasons why I brought them up. It's not just the eight arm thing. The fact that they seem to have no. They can, I would they say can they have at least spaces. eight one for each limb. Um, and how how are we defining chakra as just a vortice of energy? Yeah, uh, you know, like mm -hmm. a, or a connecting a connecting plane. Or with me, it's more like uh, levels of perspective, right? Like the ones in the genital have to do with the things that the genitals have to do with. The ones in the gut have to do with the psychosomatic things that have to do with the gut and the power and the will force and the courage and blah 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 blah. You know, you get feelings when you hit up, and then communication and and mm -hmm. thought, and then whatever is finer than thought that is accessible because our bodies are really just the tip of the iceberg really 
our physical ones. Right. So it would that would be fascinating. Then, like after after disclosure happens, I really want to know like what alien um, alien system would would line up closest to the yogic chakric system. That's fast. I've never decided to ponder that before. I'm definitely looking up later whether this has been researched by anyone uh, officially or otherwise. Which one? Yeah. Any of it, I guess. Just the, th the thought in general, like like a life form. Okay, so you mentioned um, it's more of concept. The chakras related to perception would still be, mm. or excuse me, perception. Okay, so again, back to not necessarily octopi, octopodes, aquatic life in general. So we have the um, throat chakra, which is very close to our mouth. And not to be gross, for many, much aquatic life, the mouth and the anus are the same part of the physical organism. Mm. Mm -hmm. How does that interfere with the placement of the chakra? Uh, I'm, just, I'm just curious whether well, anybody I, has... I feel it's more you'll, like a Legos problem, like however you decide to construct it. Because yeah. also at the end of the day, and a lot of people don't talk about this, just there is no one chakra system. Everybody wants it to be the rainbow and everything. And all right. it is, is that you are putting a certain um, programming language, so to say, like into the system and, and saying work with this. So yeah. I, I think that my, my guess would be that there, there are probably beings out there that have energetic systems that are let's say beautiful in comparison to ours more complex right i mean i would say that sure. you know the you know if you think about the throat chakra since you brought it up Stuart, as being uh, part of the communication center um well, right. ev everything communicates at some level but i would imagine that if there is a chakra for all animal species that represents communication it may exist mm -hmm. different places Animals that communicate solely in body language. It may exist as part of the body. I was just about to... You know, animals yep. that communicate well, telepathically. Also, maybe it's in the mind. There's also the school of thought that everywhere that you bend, every joint is a, is an, is an actual little chakra, not one of the bigger ones in, in that system. Right. But that, So as that. long as they have joints, they have chakras on that level. So is that kind of like the major arcana versus minor arcana in tarot cards? Hell yeah, that's a really good announcement. You are on fire tonight, sir. You are on fire. I, I have what to have admit, you done to him, Stuart. I, I've done nothing, but I have to admit I missed the correlation there. Could you fill me in between the two? Uh, so in in a tarot deck, there are major arcana cards, which Saint Toss, correct me if I'm wrong here, but they represent like mm -hmm. big life things. Twenty two like, of them. Like, right. Think of them like trumps in a game. Oh. I got the court. You're talking about major arcana would represent the um, seven major chakras in most schools of thought, if you will, perceptions. Now it's like you're you're. Uh, oh God, I don't <laughs> want to lose the force. It's it's like you're you're asking to judge um, distance with another measurement, like you're you're applying another scale to measure distance. I that did not there, come out oops. of my brain okay. like really well. Okay. I apologize. But but, but, but yes, that's but the correlation there is that the major arcana are the major chakras and in okay. Correct. There are that's twenty two major arcana <laughs> cards and generally there are like you'll you'll see them five, six, or seven. Some some systems work with seven my lineage does six, but it acknowledges the seventh and actually there's other subtler ones there that are for different there are different metaphysical ones that you can work with. Uh, so it's it's a beautiful. I, I apologize. System. I'm a 
I'm a neophyte baby compared to you guys and much of this and Tara's Tara's definitely one of the areas where I just don't know a lot. Well and I I would necessarily make necessarily a tarot comparison, but just more of a right major arcana versus minor arcana. So it's just the, their the, relationship to one another. Right. Um and generally more power just to keep kicking a dead donkey. Um you you could consider the big ones more potent, uh more mm-hmm. pervasive uh as well. Uh and that's either talking about big chakras, little chakras, or big arcana, little arcana. Uh I think that mm-hmm. was the correlation yeah. Josh was drawing as yeah, well. Yes, Stefan's always kind of told it to me like your major arcana cards are like big life involving you know entire path related cards they bleed whereas, out into your whole life yeah. not just in one area whereas minor arcana are like your daily mundane activities and how you kind of carry out your life throughout the daily activities and then okay. just to be a fucker whatever system you decide to practice and use is just yeah. as valid as right. that <laughs> but so i mean but along that line though if you had the, your major ch- chakras they would be your whole life kind of big picture impacting need to be in sync balance blah 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 but if you had one in your pinky joint that may be only impacting the daily activity of clicking on a mouse or holding a cup of coffee or if as above is as so below then you're turning the milky way with your knuckle yeah why not why not so yeah, so minor chakras or major chakras, and there are <laughs> minor arcana and major arcana. Yeah, I still, I still say brava. I'm, I'm as a teacher, I just <laughs> swelled with pride for a little bit. Oh, well, there you go. Um, so are, are we done with the uh, with the chakra conversation, or do anybody have any other points to make on whether or not animals might have? I mean, I think we all agree that animals might have a far more complex set of chakras than uh, than maybe humans or. Uh, different, different than humans. Not necessarily more complex or whatever than humans. Yeah. But um, do you, do you think though that animal chakras can get blocked and could be benefited from chakra healing? It's anthropomorphizing animals is so ingrained into us that it's hard to separate that. Sometimes I feel for people. You know, Disney didn't do anybody any favors making them cuter characters. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm, I could. You got you got something else? No, I mean, I I just also wanted to say we barely even covered the scratched the surface of of chakra. Oh yeah, and and what it can mean. Yeah, <laughs> but that was fun. It was fun. So thank you all. Good I, job. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder what Stefan would have brought to the conversation, but we'll never know. Um, beans. And cheese, beans and cheese. (laughs) No, you're not. It's good. I'm enjoying the hell out of this conversation. So, and it it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't the three of us in this moment. That's right. Another conversation would have happened. It would have not been this conversation. No, this is happening on the other Earth in the parallel line. It is. Yep. Except in that in that parallel Earth, I have longer hair. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You know, like eighties, eighties metal, like metal hair band hair all the time. Or, or no, just, yes, like the hair bear bun. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
that came out weird. Like, I tried to say it. It was like, whoop. <laughs> and, and Stuart, in the other universe, um, you have a mouth mullet. Oh, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> oh, so is, is, is this like let's some pull really... out the band phrases? So it's list. just it's um, just like a mouth mullet. Is that just like where? So, it's from it's a really long go like goatee no. just straight down. So a great movie on Netflix called The Adam Project with uh, yeah. Ryan, mm. Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. I have not watched it yet, so please no spoilers. Well, I'll just say that, that he makes a comment to having to a guy having a mouth mullet. Which is basically like a goatee. So, but anyways, so moving on. Uh, the next topic that I had, um, I've been reading a lot in Santosh. You've been talking to me a lot about uh, removing the I yourself, not thinking of the ego, and you know, not just, um, but to to look at yourself as not like so i'll take myself for example to not look at myself as josh or myself as a father or myself as even an individual that i am a part of a whole um but how do you remove the id um in 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 maybe a a spiritual or um astral path but keep it for daily activities because I don't think I you can, can go throughout daily activities without some sort of id. Perhaps. I didn't say that I've gotten rid of mine. Um, they group those, though, something a similar concept called the kleshas, the five pains. Um, and it starts out with liking, and then it's disliking. And then there is the sense of self, like the I-ness. And it culminates, like the fifth one is fear of death. And so you're encouraged to conquer that in that order, if you can, because ultimately that's what it would be like. The truest lack of self is indifferent to death. And so it's a high ladder to climb and I'm not not there. (laughs) I I don't think that I fear death. I fear the act of dying. I fear the pain associated with dying. So I don't see how you said anything different. Okay. They seem the same to me. No, fearing death is fearing the end of existence. Is it, Stuart? What do you say? I'm just sitting here thinking, like, um, I, I mean, I have not that I know of had a near-death experience. Um, I had a pretty bad medical reaction that apparently almost put me into a coma, which is interesting because both the feeling in my body and when I did, I didn't black out. I, I, my consciousness, I think kind of left for a bit and went back in. Um, I read a book by the Dalai Lama and uh, the Tibetan Buddhist school of thought believes that there's, I can't remember. I apologize the number of stages of death. And I think the second one, the way the Dalai Lama himself describes that, felt very much uh, the, the visual visual is not the right word here but the way he kind of describes what the brain goes through it, it, and I went back and read this uh, again I'm rereading it now um, and um, 
and I apologize, even the title of it is not coming to me right now. It's one of the older ones he wrote back in like 2004, 2006. Um, this is where Stefan would be shining right now. Oh, I know, right? I, I was thinking the same <laughs> thing. He'd probably be like, it's probably this. And that, yeah. And um, yeah, he so, loved yeah, the Buddhist school not, of thought. I did not come. Uh, I do too. Um, did martial arts for roughly six years. And so that's school of martial arts is was pretty heavily into Zen. Not officially, but it was definitely there. And so I started, that's what got me on the path of reading some of this. And I've unfortunately forgotten more than, hence why I'm revisiting it. The way he describes the second, I want to say step of death stage, if you will, is really similar to like the heavier vagal nerve response that your, your brain kind of has when you're going through something like that. So... I've had people that are more steeped in all this than myself suggest maybe I was seeing the beginning of a death. And some people have even said that that going into a coma is one of the stages. So take that with a grain of salt, if you will. Um, Going off that, I distinctly remember I did, in this case, I had an allergic reaction potentially we don't know we just they just took me off that medication they're like no nah, we're not we're not tempting that again i was in um i was in the hospital so thankfully of medically supervised i was at no real risk and i knew that so maybe that's why there was no real fear per se and um it was a weird feeling not particularly painful i distinctly remember the thing i feared most is what i was leaving behind who would be affected Honestly, I was weirdly at peace with it. That's just me. I was like, heck yeah, here we go. If it has to be the time, I get to find out what's next on the journey. But my very next, and it, neurons were firing. This was probably all of like a few seconds. And then I came back to and was being hauled into a bed and <laughs> having an IV stuck in me. But um, I was weirdly calm for myself. I was deeply worried. I'm like, my family's going to freak out. My friends are going to be like, what really happened? Who's going to be blamed? You know, the the doctor that prescribed said medication is a sleep medication um, that slow, that basically made my heart rate just go to like way too low. Um, I should have been unconscious and yet was still awake. Um, like uh, resting heart rates, what? When you're asleep, is does anybody know? Either of you know? I mean, I think um, it's different by for person, me. Yeah. but yeah, it's yeah, 50, 50 60. 60. Mine was, um, I think, close to 30s. <laughs> so, and I was still fighting, uh, staying conscious. So yeah, it was a weird experience, but um, there was because I didn't know what was going on. There was a moment where, I my brain said, "Am I dying?" And most people, I feel like, would react. Whole, you know, holy crap, freak out. I didn't. If I was going to go that night, I was cool with that. I was freaking out more about, you know, everybody but, left on. on yeah. That's really deep. I know. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, like, yeah. <laughs> well, no, but, but we're ultimately now talking about the baggage surrounding death. Right. I mean, my guru always said yoga teaches you how to die well. And an interesting parallel between the, you're talking about like, um, Buddhism, or and I think 
hit a bit of the Tibetan Book of the Dead, where there are the different lokas that you go to, and they even mention liking and disliking. You go through heaven, or was it hell first? And then, yeah. So you you have to cross through hell first, all the things you don't like, and then uh, you got to watch out because all the things you do like are in heaven, and that's sticky and will trap you there. And so, in that same way, the yogic system with the kleshas, you've got you've got to get around the being ruled by the fact that you don't like something and that you that you do like something that you don't like some things. What does it all ultimately lead to? Who knows? But if a side effect is that you're not afraid of, of death, I think you've jumped ahead in the line. I don't think you've devalued what we're talking about. I think you've just skipped a bit in the line. Or it was done for you rather than done by you. That's the way I feel about drugs and enlightenment. Like They'll yeah. take you there, but they don't <laughs> teach you how to stay there. Well, mm. Right, yeah. I mean, my defense, there was, you know, prescription. It wasn't like a, hey, I'm going to sit and do insane amount of dmt i'm not well, not in my defense but i'm saying like uh like what you're saying i would not have had that experience by choice at all it was it was terrifying for sure but again i wouldn't like was there a fear yes fear of the pain of death so it's just interesting to me that my my brother said that i i remember i just need to remember that not even really being a part of it but again i was because of my heart rate being so low, I was losing feeling. Really, there was no. Well, and I, and I've <laughs> yeah, read. Take it back by all means. <laughs> no, well, I've I've read I've read some places, and uh, in Leslie Keen's book uh, Surviving Death, she talks about it. How at the moment of uh, near death or at death, your your body floods your brain with all these chemical, you know, naturally body produced chemicals that basically dull your senses. So there is no actual pain that's felt by most people at the time of death because they're so just flooded with um uh, you know all these different i'm trying to think what's the one that makes you rage out and lift a car off your baby um adrenaline so you're, you're mm -hmm. flooded with yeah. adrenaline and all these okay. you know different types of, of drugs in your in your body that to kind of it's really meant to protect your brain from the mental trauma of physical trauma. And so because of that, hmm. at the time of death, you don't actually feel it. And that's what science thinks. Obviously nobody's died and come back and told them, yep, I didn't feel anything. So, but uh, yeah. I haven't read up on it, but I saw uh, somewhere that apparently there, there's some kind of study. I don't know. I don't know how you, how you measure this. Um, moments before somebody's death, maybe somebody said, yes, by all means, hook me up to biofeedback, whatever nodes. Apparently they have the trope that your life flashes before your eyes. We have recently, um, they've recently proven that in some way, shape or form. And you know what? I knew I was going to be on this show and that was going to be a cool little factoid. I should have 100% done a deep dive on that and come better prepared <laughs> well you never know I'm, what's going to come up on the show though so yeah exactly yeah. i was like i don't know if you we discussed dmt on the show yet or not but um yeah it's it's made a it's made a, an appearance a couple of times but we've never actually gone deep into it i'm i'm really interested in dmt because i understand that your body actually produces small amounts of it by itself and so mm -hmm. Um, and it's said that major meditators, those that have meditated over like 10,000 hours um, kind of thing, are able to uh, mess with that float. Hmm. 
Oh, really? Like it said that they, so like a, a monk could a control response, their levels of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, control your own trip. I, I've done it to a, oh, wow. a, like to a sort of degree. I've had some semi-success with that. Um, at least enough where it was addictive to the point where it was affecting my outer life. Not exactly in the po- most positive ways, but <laughs> causing an effect. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, um, part, part of me, so for a lot of my, um, experiments right the things that we've done <laughs> please tell us about your experiments but don't make us um <laughs> don't make know, us a party to any uh illegalness no. no you know like the if we go out and do ca5 or if we go mm. out in the woods and try to find bigfoot or we or we're out ufo watching and stuff you know a lot of those things um i, I don't even drink or anything because i if i see something i don't want to call into question whether or not it was actually happening or it was some other thing influencing my visual or perception or whatever the case may be. So like for me, I want to, I want to rule everything out that I can as being uh, a contributor to whatever I see. And so for, from where does aspect, caffeine hit on that scale for you? I mean, that's a good question because I, <laughs> I'm just, no, that is a good question because usually when we go out late at night to do those things, I have like a, triple shot of you know starbucks (laughs) or something to try to stay awake and you know an an extreme an extreme tiredness i'm sure would have an impact on my experience as well and so um i've only done sober sober for a little while like it's it's hard like true sobriety is was harder than i could uh manage for a while but so not even caffeine is what is what santosh is saying well, I, there there are certain schools of thought and yogic thought. You don't eat spicy things because you don't want to a- aggravate the system. You want to keep it in the sattvic level where it's neutral and not agitated in one way or the other. But what you eat affects what you meditate because like, that meditation mm-hmm. takes its own sort of energy. Yeah, um, I, I know when oh. I... Um, sorry, go ahead, St. Tosh. I thought you were done. Don't worry about it. That went right out of my head. You were perfect. Okay. <laughs> well, I've, I've, when I was reading through the the documentation that comes along with the gateway experience uh audio it it says in there you know um don't have consumed uh any caffeinated beverage within an hour of a of a sitting down for a gateway experience because either maybe it's the the caffeine keeps your brain awake and you can't you can't quiet it for mm. meditation purposes or you know whatever other potential cases there but I've never, I've never thought about does caffeine have some sort of an impact on like the visual cortex or something like that? Would, would it cause you to potentially see things or hallucinate if you had too much caffeine? I think our species has been looking for ways to hallucinate as long as it's been a species. Yeah. I mean, here's a, here's a thought. Um, maybe hallucination is the closest we could get to the reality of interstellar travel because we are mm. truly the interstellar traveling species. We are the first aliens. The first, uh, I don't know about that. On the, on the earth, on the earth. I don't know about that either. Okay. I hear you, but. Mm. Yeah. I feel like that depends greatly on what kind of hallucination and what Right. Because that's the difference yeah. for me. And like, <laughs> psych, like psychedelics are different than um, 
what is it called trial like it's where where it's all about like surviving it's an ordeal an ordeal trial um and some other things push your system to so that point where you're just like am, am i gonna die from this no does anything else matter no the fuck it doesn't or at least that's where i was able to go with like sweat lodge i'm like <laughs> it, it scares you back into the the real mm. matter of does this aid me or not and mm. I, I feel like those are different destinations to the, what the island of altered state I need to probably also a like, metaphor, but <laughs> I, I feel like hallucinations brought on by extreme sleep deprivation. Ooh, classics. That is probably uh, I used to have, still have insomnia from time to time. Um, when I was in in college, um, I had like two months where I had s severe insomnia. And started to have like borderline Freddy Krueger, like Nightmare on Elm Street level micro naps, mm -hmm. and it was kind of terrifying. Um, I would very much like to think that that wasn't me piercing some kind of veil, and that anything I was experienced was even real in a multiverse. <laughs> Probably my brain just trying to make sense of the in the the input of daily life when I really should have been catching up on sleep. Piercing or piercing a veil or inflating a possibility in the astral. I think I side down oh. with the latter. <laughs> okay. All right. I could, I could see that. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, I don't know. I wasn't there with you whenever you were going. Yeah. Where yeah. you were going, you could have went anywhere. I, I think that I think um, dreams are sort of our doorway to many types of experiences. And sure. we just lump them all into to dream and sleep. And I think and to bring it back around, I'll admit that a lot of that was brought on by uh, extreme caffeine dependency. <laughs> I had major caffeine addiction back then. Still haven't really given it up, honestly, but I'm not half as bad as I was in college. Hmm. Will it be bad if I say I like Coke? I, I like caffeine better than Coke. Meaning you would rather drink coffee? I don't understand. Like you'd like. Actually, I thought, wow, I just said a phrase that could be interpreted so many different ways. And yes, you did. I was thinking like <laughs> soda right or cocaine. I'm, I'm gonna leave it right where it was. <laughs> the imp in me was like, I'm not gonna write. I, my brain immediately went there. I was like, does he mean soda? Or does he mean cocaine? Yeah. Yeah. Well. All right. So. um yeah, any, any any kind of closing thoughts on put it on know, a t-shirt. What's that? Put it on a t-shirt. Yeah. That's my thought right now. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, I I did have one last uh topic. We're coming up on 50 minutes though, which will make it a long episode. Um I can either save it for next time or we can go ahead and jump into it. I mean, I'm here. Okay. So last one. Um, Reiki. Okay. That's kind of unfair for you to bring up when Stefan's not here, but okay, let's go I for know. it. I, know. I say, I have to bow out on this. <laughs> um, so when you uh, Reiki someone uh, or a specific part of them, or, I, you know, we talked about how the energy goes wherever it's needed. 
Um, is there a is there a different level of raking the energy body versus the physical body? One could argue that's the second symbol. Okay. But as we've discussed, I think all are wrapped up into the first symbol. Just like you have what earth, air, fire, and water. Well, technically, earth has all of that on it, right? Yeah. Like so, depending on whatever you're plugging into and how you've set it up which is the same thing like to wrap it back around with that we're talking about like afterlife and death i i think that many possibilities exist because it's all us coping for however long it takes before transitioning on to to whatever is really afterlife so i had a, I had a thought and this is probably what you just said with coping but at the end of the day is it really just all constructs created by our mind to process the experiences that we're having oh you forget i'm an optimistic nihilist nothing there there is no good there is no bad there is no right there is no wrong nothing has meaning inherent within it except for the things that you ascribe meaning to that that's my opinion that's why i choose optimism i choose silliness yeah they make me feel better i've had too much of the others <laughs> dished out so i think we should Why? probably all choose optimism we'd probably be a much better people for it i mean we need pragmatists out there too though you know party poopers party poopers helps in, in their own way they keep the um ecological system of ideas alive they test your resolve what if it was like 80 20 you know like 80 like hamburger 80 <laughs> Like, like hamburger, hamburger and horse, only if you knock, I'm not gonna knock it till I try it. So, uh, yeah, I like I, I I found I like a variety of them. I was reading about uh armadillos the other day, armadillo, oh my god, and uh, in the 1930s, uh, during the Great Depression, armadillo uh, soup. People ate armadillos a lot because there was such a, a meat shortage during the Great Depression. It was it was called like uh, roadkill stew or something. Yeah, but yeah. I think in the people, South we just call that burgoo. Yeah, that's a whatever whatever <laughs> yeah. meat you got. Whatever you got. <laughs> yep. Throw it. In, whatever you got. Throw it in the pot. And and that, that yep. country myth of all of eating possums. Yeah. So. So. All right. Well, um, <laughs> we've come around to eating yeah, possums. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, time to the natural up. conclusion of the events we set up. These dominoes have led us <laughs> right here. So, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks everybody Thanks for, for tuning in for another episode of Astral, Astral Stew. Um, um, you can find it, it as a podcast, podcast now, uh, available on all your podcast streaming networks. Um, as well, you can go to fearscapemedia.com, see the, all the other uh, shows and uh, podcasts that are available in the Fearscape Media Network. Um, and uh, we've got some Astral Stew merch in the um, Fearscape Media store. You go to fearscapemedia.com slash store. And Santosh, where can they find all your stuff? Um, Santoshdavid.com. Uh, and then across most social media platforms at Santosh David 333. And you've got uh, every week, you've got psychic sleep. Oh, yeah, I'm like the thing that I do. 
Philadelphia Sunday nights. It's hey, you know what? Also, um, pat on the back. If it comes out, it's this comes out next month, then it's um, it'll be two years of doing that Sunday nights at oh, eight o'clock oh, Eastern fantastic. time. Yeah, that I've been doing it for two years now. So that anniversary is coming up, and the uh, tarot journey that I uh, pushed into the psychic sleep experience mm-hmm. as a marketing thing. Um, I'm over 98 weeks into drawing these things, and we've got four weeks left before nice. I've drawn the Lance, my character Lancel Otter, uh, drawn him through the Rider Waite Smith tarot deck, and each time I pull a random tarot generator, a uh, card generator pulls them up and i write a little spiel about it uh off the top of my head and then that influences what happens that sunday night so you kind of get a preview of what it's going to be like mm-hmm. but all of them are unscripted uh that's part of the charm and like i joked about us this this happened because of the three of us and our energies together and couldn't have been any other way like just to talk a lot of woo about it yeah yep. showing up showing up makes the difference um yeah blah blah, blah i'm rambling now that's all right and stuart where can they find you you know what? I've been asking myself that question quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I have not a lot of, not no, a lot of no. even social media presence, <laughs> so good luck. <laughs> yeah, you can find Stuart playing D&D uh, at his friend's house every other weekend. Right? Yeah. Give or take, yeah. Yeah. All right. So thanks again, everybody, for sticking around. Make sure you subscribe, uh, ring that bell, smash that like button. And uh, catch us uh, next time on Astral Stew. Good night, everybody. Have a byline.